Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 321 of the podcast with my wonderful guest, Jenny Tolman. What a treat. What a treat. Nope, nope, nope. Just continuously inventing songs that aren't songs and that are not good. Uh, I hope you enjoy this from a very talented singer-songwriter who is very good. Uh, if you would, I very much invite you to Stick around after the credits and uh, we will be playing the entirety of Jenny's song, My Welcome Mat, which you will in very short order here during the episode uh, was uh, a song that Jeff Bridges ended up um, covering uh, because he was such a huge fan of it, which I think is kind of amazing. So uh, please enjoy the episode. I want to also welcome you to share and continue to like and uh, help push out the word about Fortune Rookie because it has officially been uh, announced that it's a contender for an Emmy yay so uh, if you can give us some some support on that front uh, it will be great because it would be terrific to have that recognition um all right guys have a great uh, time listening to the episode have a wonderful week in life I said that like I wasn't going to talk to you again next week I assure you I will Do it and sing. Just kidding. <laughs> That's it. It's just a high pressure situation where I command. I just send you commands. Perfect. And then you have to respond very quickly to all of them. Actually, I say that, but the mash game is a little bit like that. The hard thing about that, just to give you a taste of the future, is that I put you on the spot to name like favorite things, which I don't like being asked. I'm always like, I can't think of anything right now. I know. So People will always be, ask you what your favorite song is and yeah. it's like uh it's my favorite child I know <laughs> exactly what are you gonna especially if something like that where it's they're asking about something that clearly is wildly important to mm-hmm. you because it has to do with what you're doing and what your passion is and then it's like pick one yep good luck yeah yeah <laughs> that's so yeah that's tough and then the influences question I'm sure is like oh, all the time you just have to be ready with your kind of go-to answers all the time yeah <laughs> what if you just completely threw someone off and said something like no one was expecting like all of a sudden you just start I answering do things. that do sometimes. you sometimes it's fun so is, you better watch it okay out. <laughs> all right all right oh, note to self be ready for anything uh with this uh, influences question um now you are in LA as part of an overall tour or are you here just to kind of do some stuff specific to California and then yeah, and so head back to Nashville? What prompted this trip? Actually, I've never been to LA. This is welcome. This is my first time. My mom's from the Bay Area, so I've been nice. to the Bay Area, but never to LA. Okay. Uh, but I wrote a song with Dave Brainerd, my producer, and John Goodwin, who's another amazing songwriter. And uh, John actually grew up with Jeff Bridges, and uh, so they were childhood friends, and they're still best friends to this day. And uh, the song that I put out, it was my last single called My Welcome Mat. And John played it for Jeff and Jeff fell in love with it. And he's actually playing it at Lebowski Fest. I heard that. Tonight. That is so, so awesome. And that's tonight. Yeah. Are you going to be there? And uh, where's I the am. way? Is it it's at Lebowski the, Fest the Wiltern. That's a great venue too. What a beautiful exterior. Have you seen the... I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. It's beautiful. It's a sort of art deco um, patina to kind of green tinted... 
beautiful Ooh. iron kind of uh you'll see when you when you yeah. see it it's like one of those facades where you're like oh wow this is special That's awesome. clearly it has great stories connected to it and all that kind of good stuff yeah um well, how did was that something that you was that something that because obviously when you tell an anecdote like that, it, it, the first impulse is to be like, oh my gosh, Jeff Bridges, that's amazing. Right? Like, is that something <laughs> that, that, that happened in an organic enough way, in a way that you had that's, you know, you had the awareness that you had this connection with him, the six degrees of separation or less in this case. Mm-hmm. And so when it finally became real and ha- maybe it sounds like it was kind of quick, but, or was it just out of the blue? Like, oh my God, what? Oh, Wow. It was actually pretty out of the blue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've known that uh, John is is friends with Jeff for a while, but I've never met him. But we've always heard John talk about him. And it was just super random. One day, John calls us up and said, hey, I played the, played the song for Jeff. And man, he loved it. Like, he, uh, he wants his band to learn it already. So they're going to they're gonna learn it and, uh, and he's going to play it. And we're like, oh, OK, cool. I don't know what that means. And then like about a week later, he calls us again guys, I just got off of FaceTime with Jeff and he was playing my welcome mat for me and he says he's going to open Lebowski Fest with it. And so Dave and I looked at each other. We're like, what do we do with this information? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just some girl from Tennessee that has no idea anything about Hollywood. Right, right. (laughs) And, uh, but I'm, I do know that Jeff Bridges is a ginormous actor. He's a ginormous (laughs) actor. He's crazy talented. uh, He's going to be singing my song so, so i feel cool. like we need to take advantage of that yes. and at least go get an iphone video yes my god yes that's fantastic so here i am oh my gosh it, i love everything about this and and also what i think is so amazing and and i'm sure there are a million versions or examples of stuff like this in different realms but to be someone who's your age and to have created this piece of art that someone who's been around and kind of heard a lot and he's been a musician for years and years and years and years and years and you know he has all kinds of access that to just life Mm -hmm. that many of us don't necessarily have um that something would would hit him that hard it's pretty surreal I mean that's really that says a lot well, thank you. But yeah. I mean, my, my co-writers are amazing writers as well. So I can't take all the credit. But yeah, it's it's a pretty crazy feeling to know that you've created something that is touching other people. And uh, just in general, too, anytime you make a piece of music that that moves people in any type of way. But yeah, especially a name like Jeff Bridges is yeah. a pretty a outrageous start. thought <laughs> to conceive in your mind. <laughs> really, really good start. Um, and so how long have you been, have you been writing music or, or playing or singing? Was that something you grew up doing? Yeah. So I was born and raised in Nashville and that helps. still live there. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of like, Oh, this is, can, can be real. Exactly. This can be a career. And all yeah. That my dad actually, was a singer back in the day and he actually lived in LA for a few years uh, but he was put together into a group called the Indian River Boys by Burt Reynolds amazing <laughs> believe it or not and because uh, <laughs> they all worked at the Burt Reynolds Center Theater in Jupiter Florida and uh, he was him and Dom DeLuise oh put God. put these amazing. four guys together and said you need to you need to stick together and you need to sing country music and my dad's from Boston and so my dad's like <laughs> okay <laughs> cool wow. And so they moved out to L.A. for what was supposed to be just a month or so and it ended up being three and a half years. And then they ended up moving to Nashville. And that's how I was born in Nashville. But uh, so he sang on 
Garth Brooks's No Fences record and, and did a, a lot of really cool stuff in Nashville and ended up switching to the business side. But I grew up around a bunch of amazing songwriters and musicians every day and walking up the bonus room stairs to a platinum record from Garth Brooks. And all these things were normal to me. And Absolutely. so I, I didn't know any other life. And so music was very much the the foundation of my childhood. And, and I started playing piano by ear when I was three. And I've always sang and my first solo was Chicken Little when I was Wonderful. in kindergarten. I was Chicken Little and this girl, she was so mean. She tried to tell me, she was like, you know, Chicken Little's a boy. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I got the solo. Yeah. But uh, so I've always Teller. just sang and, and done music. And I got to tell you, by the way, I did not know Chicken Little had a, was a, like a musical. Like I didn't, I don't know it as a, a thing. Oh yeah. That invo- it's just like a the, kid's it was a, play involving music. The sky is falling down, 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 and we must tell the king. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. That yeah. was it. And that girl was so to the envious. She was trying so hard to yep. make you feel shame <laughs> about your wonderful solo. Exactly. Yeah. But I rocked it. I rocked that chicken. How little. long is that of a performance? Or is it just like a song? Like I'm pretty sure it was just like, like that was like a two hour play. No, I'm where... pretty sure it was maybe like a 15 minute <laughs> okay. like skit Got in it. kindergarten. Got it. And I actually I went to Catholic school growing up. And so we performed it on the uh, oh my gosh i'm such a bad catholic i don't i forgot what it's called but on the yeah. steps leading up to the altar yeah i don't know we either, performed but, yeah. it on on the steps to the altar wonderful. chicken little wonderful <laughs> and uh so yeah anyways i've uh, i've always <laughs> been musical and i actually started writing stories in middle school elementary school and uh i thought maybe i would be a children's author do something like that just because i loved creating all these characters and and making all these crazy stories come to life and I would read them to my class I was really lucky to have teachers that were super encouraging and inspiring and and would want me to read that what I was writing and so when I turned 16 it kind of all came together because it was when Taylor Swift had really blown up oh, and sure and I was like wait a second yeah Okay, <laughs> I just got a guitar for my birthday. I can play the, the piano. Together. I can sing, and I write stories. Yeah, and it was like this light bulb moment that I was like, "Duh, right? You're a country artist. I've always right. loved country music. I grew up in Nashville, and I remember telling my mom when I was a little girl, riding back from dance class, that uh, it was Brad Paisley's song "We Danced," and uh, I remember sitting back there, and I was like, "Mom." I love country music because it tells stories. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's so it was so, like this yeah. huge light bulb. And ever since then, it's it's all that I've ever wanted to do and oh, all man. I'm ever going to do. Uh, you, oh, you're, but listen, you could still end up doing kids stories. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could do a lot more, but, but definitely the country music is where it's at for me. Yeah. What, uh, what were the stories that you were writing like when you first started writing as a kid? What, what kind of tales were you interested in telling? I've always been so I've always been interested in this crazy characters but especially like southern farmer redneck characters <laughs> <laughs> and so from early on yes, I love it <laughs> always and so there was this one particular series of stories that I wrote that um, oh my gosh I think their names Oh, there's a series like, with like recurring Betty, characters. Betty Jean and oh Lindy Lou. And Amazing. they all like r- rode down on their tractors down the street was their transportation. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it yeah. real. Mm-hmm. Keeping it real. Keeping it hope style. 
this is what i live in tennessee uh-huh. you know you, <laughs> what do you expect <laughs> yeah were you i guess that's the question is what obviously being in nashville is is a very specific and special place which by the way i've never been to and i'm oh finally my gosh, going in june go. i'm going in june <gasps> you are yeah i'm doing this thing called we Pod have to hang X. out i would love to i would love to yeah, i i come, to, come over to my studio you can tell out. me yeah and you can tell me uh where, what to do and stuff because oh i gosh, yeah you're gonna love it i i'm so excited i've wanted to go for such a long time and uh as with many things in my life sometimes it takes someone being like here's a work thing yes. you will come to the city <laughs> you're like okay good 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 someone's oh my gosh. making sure no i've never met anybody that doesn't love it yeah same 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 which same. is kind of a problem because there's so many people moving there yeah it's, it's gotten really crazy that's true that's mm-hmm. true there is a sort of well so I mean, just don't move there and i promise, and then we'll be I friends promise <laughs> i will be a visitor only i will not enlarge it too much more than it already is do you feel like it's changed because so many people are moving or does it just seem like it's expanding outward you know it's starting to change a little bit it's definitely different overall from when i was growing up i mean the skyline is almost unrecognizable Uh, but especially over the past probably like five years there's cranes i think we're the the number one city with the most cranes per square foot in your city or something crazy like that But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely changed a little bit because it's such a small town. Everybody calls it a small town and a city feeling because everybody usually does know each other in the music industry in Nashville. And so that part has still stayed the same for the most part, which I like. I love that that small town village vibe where everybody knows each other and your friends. Um, but definitely there's a lot of people from LA and New York starting to move out there and starting to get into country as well. And so there's definitely a change in the format of the genre and, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's, it's expanding all the edges a bunch, but, uh, I'm definitely more of a traditional country lover. And, uh, so I, I stick to more of the, the organic nashville songwriting roots but i have a lot of friends too that are from la and new york that are amazing track makers and and all that stuff how is it if it, if you don't mind indulging me because i'm not yeah. a big uh country music listen listener other than the sort of more conventional mm-hmm. like i'll definitely you know rock some patsy klein or some Merle uh-huh. haggard or like you know even Those some the, like when you get into stuff. some sort of folky crossovers like your john gorkas and your uh people that of course I'm blanking on now like you will when we play our mash game um <laughs> but I but yeah I definitely don't know the ways in which it is like c- contemporizing itself like the oh, ways yeah, in it's, which it's, it's like it's super contemporary right now I mean I think it's it's like the number one growing genre in pop it. culture uh, with like Luke Bryan I'm sure you're you're aware of Luke I Bryan mean, yeah I'm aware of but it's just not <laughs> something yeah it's not it's just not stuff I yeah. You can, the thing about life now is that like you can really you can either have all the access to all the stuff all the time mm-hmm. or you can like just go down your own rabbit holes and like be very niche that's true and I it was depends on somebody what you choose you know kind of about that thought that um back in the day that when there were only a certain amount of outlets and a certain amount of ways to get information it seemed like there were so many bigger like stars you know what yeah. I mean? That yeah, had this absolutely. mystique about them. And now we have Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and and so many different outlets that you can reach these people at and see what they're doing all the time. And so it seems like the star-ness 
of yeah. of famous people, quote unquote, yeah. has not been reduced, but it's less shiny than when it was so inaccessible. Yeah. Well, it's kind of what this is a very dark thing to say because we're not going to go down this road, but it's <laughs> that's what the the one of the things that I think has come out of the conversation about Michael Jackson, the Michael Jackson documentary that was released recently right. is this whole idea of like there was nothing, I mean, there was just there just isn't anyone who has the kind of fame and worship right worldwide that mm-hmm. that Michael Jackson does. Like everyone Absolutely. can kind of come up with like, well maybe, but but they yep. don't have a go-to. They're like, well maybe Beyonce, but it's not quite this, you know. Right. So that and that was still an era of, you know, no internet, exactly. like record labels. There is this mystique. That's how it's happening. Yeah, and Yeah, there my is, dad always tells me since he was friends with Burt Reynolds he's like Burt was one of the last superstars oh absolutely that there actually was that had this mystique about him that he would put on his sunglasses in the corner of the restaurant and sit with his (laughs) face to the wall right (laughs) and how was how did that also I imagine that that would reduce or maybe it doesn't because every situation is different. Every famous person is different. But for, for someone like your dad to have had those kinds of encounters and to be able to relate to you that, you know, people are people right. and that there's, you know, that the, the whole fame thing is a little yeah, odd and sort of not a, real but also real. A weird mind trip that you, that you go on. Because even in, in country music right now, you've got your stars, but... Um, yeah, it's definitely an awareness level that I was lucky to have grown up around to be like, okay, this is a thing and they're n- normal people. <laughs> they get mad, they get upset, they get happy and they get excited and they laugh and they have all the same emotions as us. Yeah. They just have a lot more attention on them at certain points of the day. Which can be good and really hard, right? you know, at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, what... In terms of, I love hearing that the that the that the industry in Asheville has a friendliness to it, and that it does because you and I were speaking a little mm-hmm. bit before we started recording that 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 also those kinds of environments can breed, you know, a competition and a competitive feeling that when you really strip it down person to person, it's like, why are we doing this? Like, why do we have absolutely, you know? And I get it. Of course, like it's hard if, mm-hmm. you know, there's only so many jobs and you feel like people are getting them or, you know, somebody's getting a, a, a record deal and you haven't gotten it yet. All that kind of stuff. Right. Um, what do you think? Number one, have you seen that started to happen at all in Nashville because of this kind of influx of people who are coming in from maybe a different headspace mm-hmm. than what you experienced growing up in like the core of Nashville? Yeah, I think there's. There's definitely a little bit of a shift happening to where there are more clicks, if you if you want to call them, but not it's I mean, and I don't say that in a negative connotation. It's um, it's just a an observation because there used to be one specific restaurant that everybody would hang out at, that all the writers would go to at the end of the day or all the label executives and you knew everybody there and, and it was all kind of the same crowd, but now there's definitely um, an expansion in Nashville where there's like the East Nashville crowd or there's the straight up music row crowd or there's this Berry Hill area that is kind of like the new music row. And so there's, there's lots of different um, areas now that, that there's not one specific giant group but they all still interact with each other all the time and, and every day. And so it is still kind of a huge family, but there's just more 
cousins right I guess we'll call it we'll call them i can appreciate that I can extended appreciate that. family yeah let me ask this question again this is just going to prove how like completely disconnected from this entire world i am but but how, where does something like bluegrass come into play you know in terms of um like like i've my friend sarah watkins is a, mm-hmm. is a wonderful wonderful yeah. bluegrass artist oh i love bluegrass um, music yeah and i'm just wondering where that sort of fits in because it's obviously a very very old form of music as well and kind of has you know some shared roots with with Mm -hmm. contemporary country music but um is that is there a lot of big bluegrass scene as well there's definitely a bluegrass scene in nashville but it's not as big as just the straight up country scene there's um, an amazing place that you should go to called the station inn in nashville that is a big bluegrass bluegrass hub and i have a lot of friends that are just amazing i mean some of the best musicians in the whole entire world are bluegrass players yeah uh but yeah there's it's kind of that's a different world a little bit than the country music world yeah. for sure yeah uh and so for you you went you w- did you go to catholic school through high school or was that just when you were a chicken little so i, <laughs> I went to catholic <laughs> as school as we call it the chicken little yes, era chicken little uh-huh. era <laughs> i was there pre-k through sixth grade and then in seventh grade i decided that i wanted to switch to a public school um Kind of just because I had been going to school with the same 30 or 40 people for, what is that, like 10 years? Yeah. And I remember looking, this is a really weird thought to have when you're in sixth grade, but whatever. I'm sure that we've all had it. I remember looking around at the boys and I was like, and that's at, at the time, I'm like, this is all that I have to choose from. Like, this is all that I there is very, in the world. I think that's very realistic. And I remember looking at them and I'm like, well... Uh, they're they're like my brothers like I've known them since I was four totally and I don't think I could marry any of them so I have to go to a different school pragmatic (laughs) it's like wildly romantic like that age where you start really feeling like that's really important Mm -hmm. and because you got to figure out something to do with the feelings right and the hormones and all that kind of stuff but then that you're like very pragmatic like well listen I I'm looking at my selection. I, I go. love all these people, but this is not going to work for me. Especially yes. too, because I would wonder, you know, because you have had a parent who was w- tied in with this world of just multi-age, pe- mm-hmm. new people, old people, you yeah. know, b- people exactly. who consider each other colleagues, but who have 25 years apart and yes. in age and stuff to see that outside of your school environment and to feel like, well, this is a, this is the world. I mean, this yeah. is what the world outside my school is like. And of then to course. feel like you're just in this, in walking in a row kind of mm-hmm. with the same people all the way through. That's a really good it point. Totally I makes never sense thought about like, that, but it makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Cause I've definitely always been a lot older in my head and in my soul <laughs> than what my birth certificate shows. I'm like a 90 year old woman. Uh-huh. I swear <laughs> girl. Like, I get it. I have watched planet earth at eight o'clock and go to bed. Like that's, that's speaking my, my language. You're speaking <laughs> my language. And so, yeah, it definitely makes sense because that's so true in the music industry. It's like, I'm writing with people. I'm out here with Jeff Silbar, who's in his sixties and, and my boyfriend's in his forties and I'm in my twenties. And so it's like all of these things are are so different and you do, you're around all these different age types, all these different types of people from everywhere. Cause nobody in Nashville is actually from Nashville other than like me and two other people. Uh (laughs) And those same 
40 kids that yeah, you Yeah, so my, my friends from years. school. Yeah. Yeah, I love them dearly, but none of them were husband material. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. There's nothing quite like sailing in the calm international waters on my ship, the SS Biopic. Avast! It's actually pronounced biopic. No, you dingus! It's biopic! Who the hell says that? It's biopic! Because it's the, the words word bi- for biography biology. and picture. If you... All right, that is enough. Ahoy, I'm Dave Holmes. I'm the host of the newly rebooted podcast, formerly known as International Waters designed to resolve petty but persistent arguments like this. How? By pitting two teams of opinionated comedians against each other with trivia and improv games, of course. Winner takes home the right to be right. What podcast be this? It's called Troubled Waters, where we disagree to disagree! Do you have siblings? I have a sister. I have an older sister, and I'm really excited because she is pregnant. Oh, congratulations. She's due in June. She's due at the end of June with a little girl. So nice. coming very soon. It's the first grandchild for my parents and my first niece or nephew. So I'm super excited. Yeah. She's down in Florida, so we're all over the map. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, Florida's not too terribly yeah, far in the middle of canada for baby you, shower but. planning right now because oh. it's happening next weekend so oh man yeah are you nervous about the shower going off without oh, yeah. a hitch yeah no mm-hmm. pressure because my sister and i i love her to death we are 100 percent opposite in a lot of ways mm-hmm. <laughs> we are both very girly and that's probably the one thing that we have in common that we're very girly we're very feminine we love pink <laughs> and but she has a very very high taste and i would love to have a high taste but i can shop at target and that's about it yeah <laughs> yeah so but she's selling like these beautiful oceanfront properties oh, in yeah. florida so yeah. we've got a, a little bit of a different lifestyle i'm a songwriter in uh-huh. Nashville. <laughs> so she's very fun to go visit her and her husband um but yeah she has a a very high taste and so this baby shower has very high expectations mm-hmm. that i'm trying to mm-hmm. fill Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope someone gave you a budget that you could work <laughs> off of and you're not having to scrape yeah. it together <laughs> yes. by yourself. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I've got I've got some help. And my mom's helping and, and my mom's best friend from beauty school is helping. My mom oh. went to beauty school back in the day. Wonderful. So. Does she do, is she practicing? I'm saying that like she's an attorney. I love that. <laughs> she's both not true. she's not anymore, but yeah. she she still will help me do my nails and help make me pretty <laughs> how about the so in like how about hair hair stuff that's what i yeah could use her main her main most. thing was hair yeah she did all the perms and all that oh stuff God, perms <laughs> are people still getting perms i don't know i've never gotten one i've never gotten one either my dad had one my dad had a permed mullet oh my god mm-hmm. please tell me that burt reynolds was like Number one, get yourself a permed mullet. <laughs> probably. As he's putting together that was the probably, band. I'm putting together this band. My dad had the Burt stash at one point, too. Oh, yeah. He had it going. But listen, Burt Reynolds look great with that mustache. When yeah. I see him in things and he doesn't have one, I feel embarrassed like he's not wearing pants. <laughs> like there's a, there's a nakedness to certain men yes. that, that have facial hair. Some people can go back and forth. That's Some amazing. people, they take it off and you're like, ah, I shouldn't be seeing this. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll look the other That's way. That's so Put true. it back on. Put it back on. Oh, my on. gosh. Yeah. 
I think especially if you have like thin, thinner lips as a man, because mm, sometimes yeah. the mustache sort of acts as like an extra lip. I've never said this out loud before. Yeah, it plumps you up a little bit. You Same can, with Sam Elliott. I don't want to see Sam Elliott without a mustache. <laughs> that doesn't feel right at all. No. It feels like I'm seeing something I'm not supposed to see. Yeah. That's that's a very good point. I mean, listen, that's very judgmental of me. I, I feel okay. like that's it's like guys who are humans. like, girls should have long hair. But uh, don't cut your hair. But like a boy. Yeah. But that. But those are the two that really spring to mind. Where I'm like, no, put it back on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grow it out. So he doesn't have your dad. Does not have a permed mullet or a stash. No, neither one. Neither one. They've both gone out the window. But he does have a good set of hair. Nice. For a 65 year old man, he's got some nice luscious locks going mm, on. Wonderful. Is he a silver fox? He is. Mm-hmm. He's a good looking man. Feels like when guys keep a very full head of hair, usually it also goes along with them turning silver, which I think is kind of a great yep. look. A little salt and pepper action. Mm-hmm. Never heard yeah, of anybody. Yeah, it's like it's it's a little light blonde going into the gray right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's blonde. Why am I? What am I doing? I'm like I don't know. I'm like I, I feel. I don't want to date your dad. Da- I want to make it very clear. <laughs> I've maybe gone down a weird road where like I'm very picky about his former look and his current look. Not important. Oh, Not man. important. Um, so when so so let's jump to when you did go into your public high school. Yeah. Uh, was it what you were kind of hoping? Did you sort of go walk in and go, oh, I don't know most of these people? You know, the first year when I was in seventh grade was one of my favorite years of school ever, actually. Um, But at the same time, this is so weird. It was like the greatest and the worst Mm. because I felt so much freedom and because I had worn uniforms my whole life and all of a sudden you have to pick out what you're going to wear every day and there's so many options and there's so many different types of people that don't necessarily believe all the same things that you've been taught your whole entire life. And so there's all these different types of cultures that you're exposed to. And, and so it was just such an overwhelming, like eye opening experience. And, and granted this is in, um, the middle of Tennessee, so it's not that crazy, but right. for like a, a girl that had been to Catholic school right. her whole life, it was still like, you'll Oh wow. It. You'll take whatever diversity <laughs> you're going to be exposed to. At that yeah. Point. And so there was so much, uh, I, I mean, I made so many friends and, and I just felt so like welcomed by people and I was expecting to be nervous about that and not be welcomed. But I really had such great friends that year. And, um, but at the same time, I got this debilitating anxiety mm-hmm. disorder, like all of a sudden just having panic attacks where I couldn't go to school. I would have to sit in the corner of the classroom or sit on the ground because I would feel like I was falling out of my desk and it was just like oh my god no one ever talks about it that way like but that's what I went through really yeah but I was like 18 oh my god and that started happening to me and I had to tell my professors at my university yeah like I might if I ever get up and bolt out of the room Mm -hmm. it's not a sign of disrespect it's that I literally feel like my body is either going to float up to the ceiling yes. or get sucked into the earth. Yes. And I have to move and walk around mm-hmm. to like reconnect. Yeah, you know? exactly. Oh my God. That I've was my never thing. heard anybody talk about anxiety with respect to like, I thought I was going to fall out of my desk. Yeah. That is how I felt. Yeah. I was like, I, I can't, would sit I'm on not, the floor. Life is not stable right mm-hmm. now in any way. <gasps> yeah. Oh, so, you were so young. But imagine I like, was so that young. Was... I feel so sorry for young me and you were so much younger even than that. Yeah. It was oh, Jenny. It was a crazy, crazy time. Ooh. And especially like when you're, you're go like everything's like smooth sailing. You got yeah. these friends and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, 
you are a freak. You are sitting on the floor in the back of the classroom. And, and, um, but my teachers were so, were so supportive of it. But I mean, obviously for kids, it's hard to understand what's happening. And then for me, I'm just like, I am a weirdo and I want to be normal and, and all of that stuff. And, um, so the rest of middle school was a little hit or miss kind of shaky there for a second. And, um, in high school, didn't <laughs> didn't get much better. I'm like, I'm not trying to talk like negative at all. Uh, no, but. I mean that's what there's no there's no rule. Like, <laughs> people are all, all around the world having every kind of experience you can imagine exactly. at that age, and I think anything that we can feel emboldened to share that makes yeah. other people feel like they're not like you felt. Right. You know, this weirdo who's just floating out in the middle of an island of like right. nobody gets this. <laughs> yeah. You know, then that's that if that helps one other person, mm-hmm. then great, you know. Oh yeah, because I mean my parents my parents are oh, I love them to death. They're the greatest parents in the world and they they were so confused. They didn't know what to do. And I mean there were a couple times when I had to go to the hospital because they thought I was just having these panic attacks where it was just, I thought I was dying or I would hallucinate yeah. things. And they thought maybe I was schizophrenic and it was crazy for a while there. And, um, did and when what I went, were people tell, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. I was going to say, what were, what were people telling you early on? What were like the professionals or counselors? What was, what was the, the going theory of like, well, this is why this might be happening now. Yeah. It was basically, uh, just that I've always had a bunch of like fearful thoughts in my head that I've always been a very cautious girl because I was, I had always been very like fearful of things when I was little. I was always scared that people were going to break into our house or something like that. I was scared to sleep over at a friend's house. And so I've just always been a very anxious person, but I've never, I had never had an actual like straight up anxiety attack where it feels like your whole body is just about to explode. And so that was when I started really freaking out and, um, and going to these doctors and they would try and put you on antidepressants and anti-anxiety and whatever and all that, all that stuff. And it just made everything worse. And, um, and when I went to high school, I got into a relationship with a boy that was a junior. And so it was a big deal. I was like dating this star foot or not football, a baseball player. And, and it turned into a very abusive relationship mm. really quickly. And, um, we ended up going to court and doing, and doing all that crazy stuff when I, I love like that you're saying that, like, 15. that's a thing we all know, like, yeah. you know, all the stuff that goes along <laughs> Casual. with going to court, gonna drop that in here for no some big whoop. We've all been there. <laughs> But oh, so no. It was, and was part of that a feeling of like because I remember being when I was at my most like afraid and sort of just trying to keep a handle mm-hmm. on things, but also really wanting to be happy, yeah. not wanting to sink into it, feeling a desperation yeah, to sort of exactly. doggy paddle my way out of it. Um, I became very dependent on mm-hmm. on the relationship that I was in because yeah, it was someone I could figuratively and literally hold on to. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think and I really needed that, but it, it wasn't necessarily the yeah, best fit. Yeah, both both positive and negatives because there were times where it was really nice to have somebody there, but he also used it in his advantage, right. you know, to to take advantage of certain situations and it ended up kind of a we'll pause for a second. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, so we was he kind of took advantage yeah, and he's a kid too not to say that that makes it okay at all right but what a mess it was, it, yeah it was a mess that's a good word for it and so I ended up 
my parents helped me get out of that relationship and uh and I switched high schools went to a new high school and then uh went left that high school again because I was just so out of my element at that point I was so wrapped up in this anxiety and getting out of this terrible relationship and being in and out of the court system with him for a few months and like figuring out all of this stuff and and he was a well-known person in in our community and uh, and so friends even just around town because there were only two high schools in my town and so it was like everybody knew everything. And so oh that's when the, when it turns into a bad situation. And so I left I left oh. my second high school. Um, like I would say a, I wasn't even there for a year. And then I finished my junior year. I graduated a year early from a homeschool type of place. Mm-hmm. I went to community college at night so that I could get, get extra credits and just be done with school as oh fast God. as possible. Cause it was just not my thing yeah. whatsoever. And I was just ready to move on. <laughs> well, again, it's like so all these things that, you know, while you're having, you know, it's not that you, it's not as extreme as like, and you became famous when you were 15 and you right. were touring all <laughs> over the world there. It's there's, you're still anchored to being a teenager in the sense that right. like you're bopping around at these schools, but at the same time, you you really are flooded with this stuff. You know, we got the good side of it, which is being in your dad's kind of world with, mm-hmm. you know, people of all ages and yeah. equals and that kind of thing. But then you have this like flood of, of grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up. Right. I'm really quickly. Still growing up in this anxiety and, town, the, and yeah. But, and the yeah. relationship being garbage and, yeah. and having to bring the law into it and all that kind of stuff that yep. so many people, you know, don't have to deal with at such a young age. So yeah. it's like the anxiety would have been enough, but then the anxiety Surprise. accidentally <laughs> spurred on some other stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. not to say again, not to be like, it's your fault. You picked that guy because you had anxiety. <laughs> no, I definitely, I definitely attracted that. But. <laughs> but a person who took advantage of that mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And so then you have this stuff on top of stuff on top of stuff. I mean, yeah, that but is, you know what? It you must have just been like, please give great, me something stable. It makes for great songwriting. Hey, <laughs> you're not wrong. Sometimes I think about that when I listen to people I know are happily married and they're still making music years later. Mm-hmm. I honestly sometimes do think like, I don't know what she's singing about, but yeah. I, as far as I can tell, she's happily married. I know so. sometimes when you get too happy, it screws things yeah. up. Yeah, it's like, what are, are you Are you thinking about other people's stories? Are you just inventing it? Like, I don't ask that of fiction writers, do you know what I mean? But for some yeah. reason, songwriting is so personal, and I associate with my own writing as like, it has to come from the heart, it has to be about something that, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, Matt, the lead singer of The National, has a wonderful wife, and they're happily married, uh-huh. and so if he's singing a song that sounds like it's about another woman or a breakup immediately like, what i'm doing? like oh 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 now like wait that's <laughs> not okay? i don't he doesn't have to no wait hold yeah. on yeah no it's so true because you you immediately think as soon as you hear somebody singing to you they're telling you something about themselves yeah and it's it's true for the most part because even if it's not word for word their story everybody's gone through something that you can draw from those same emotions and create a story based on that but that's also something that's really unique about Nashville and the co-writing scene is that you're constantly writing with a bunch of crazy people yeah. that have had all of their <laughs> own you crazy all get to experiences. sort of share each other's yeah. things. Well, I think that is that's actually huge. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good point. And that is I would probably really enjoy that because mm-hmm. I think sometimes 
you know, we get too attached to our work if we're only just writing for ourselves and we're living in a vacuum and yeah, absolutely. we're not bringing in collaboration. And, you know, yeah. if you can, it's maybe easier to be a little more objective about yeah. whatever the finished product yeah. is going to be if you have this kind of collaborative, you know, cooperative of yeah. people that you're working with. And that's why I love country music too, specifically why I just love it with all my heart and soul is that you get to narrate a lot more in country music there's so much storytelling and there's so many different ways to portray different emotions that aren't necessarily this is me look at me look at how pretty I am or look at how cool I am and and all of that stuff which um not not that that's a bad thing but that in pop music there's so much of like selfie culture and and look at me type of thing and that's very much the world that we live in but my favorite thing about country is that I get to turn that on its head and place a different character. Like I get to be Betty Lou or whoever it is yeah. from these crazy stories that yeah. I'm making up. And, and Or even just sing about someone else. Yeah. Like it doesn't even have to be you personifying right. from an I perspective. Right. Some of the great, you know, country songs are about this other person that the narrator is yeah. saying, I'm telling you this story about this mm-hmm. thing that's not me. That's that I'm watching just like you're watching it. Exactly. Yeah. That's it's great. Like painting a movie. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's huge. That makes a lot of sense. And I hadn't really thought about it, uh, particularly with respect to pop music and this sort of selfie culture. Everything you said, like, I'm sure that's something that you that comes up a lot for you in what you do. But it's something that I didn't necessarily have the objectivity to go, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. that absolutely makes sense that there would be this sort of biggest difference between the genres is that there is the, the such different cultures on the way that we're portraying different lifestyles or different emotions and things like that. And neither one of them is right or wrong. It's just the difference between whatever your preference is. Yeah. I mean, it feels like there's a real opportunity for compassion there in a way that oh, of is, course. could be really special. Yeah, because, I mean, country music started from front porches, literally. That's where it all began and just singing about real life and real life stuff and who you love and what you love and what you're doing today and what you what you want to do with your life and your babies and you know it's it's all that real life stuff that at the end of the day that's what every single human on the planet can connect with yeah because everybody is all about they want to be loved they want to love they want a family you know that's that's what we thrive off of and and so that's such a unique beautiful characteristic of country music absolutely were you writing so i i it's funny because now we've got these different pockets that we have a little patchwork of your your adolescence that <laughs> when we started talking have fun digging through that <laughs> <laughs> listen we're gonna take 20 minutes yeah. i'm gonna come back with a, some sort of a chart it might look like a tree it might look like a pie i'm not we're sure gonna make a flow chart um, we a flow chart we're gonna see some real uh, currents moving through things uh no but but obviously when we first started talking about you writing and when you kind of made the connection that all of these things fit together for you to Mm -hmm. start playing and and writing music more. Um, That is contemporaneous with the, some of this anxiety stuff that Mm -hmm. you were, that you were dealing with. So were those two things informing each other when that was happening? Did you write about those things when you started uh, working on music? At first, I was writing mainly just the stories when the anxiety was happening. Uh, Because really, 
I didn't start legitimately writing songs until I was 16, around 16. And that was after I had gotten out of this abusive relationship in high school. And so really in the, in the beginning stages of the anxiety, I was just, I was doing a lot of poetry and a lot of, uh, stories. And so that was kind of, there were, there were some dark stories in there (laughs) for sure. Just trying to figure out like, okay, what is it that I'm feeling? And, and then one of the, the downfalls of the relationship that I got into just really completely shut down all creativity that I had. I wasn't interested in singing. I wasn't interested in playing the piano or or writing my stories or, or anything like that. Um, because was part of it that he was, did he make you feel less than and, and small? Was he there abusing was you? that, but then that there way? was also, because honestly, when I was in the relationship, I was so brainwashed that I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And it wasn't until the end and, and after I got out that I realized all of this stuff that I had been brainwashed about. And so in the middle of it, I was... I was just so consumed with, oh, okay, we're going to get married and we're going to have babies and, and I don't need to do anything because I'm going to be a wife and I'm going to be a mom and, and I don't need to worry about any of this music stuff. It doesn't matter anymore. Mm. And so it was just kind of everything just shut down. And that was, that was my focus because I was so like sucked into this crazy cycle of thinking that this was my life now. And, and so, uh, thank God that that's, (laughs) that, that didn't actually happen. And that, uh, my parents were smart enough to realize what was going on and get me out of it, help me get out of it. And, um, and as soon as I got out of it, it was okay. I'm writing here. I am. Boom. They're like a total influx of song ideas and just needing to get out what had happened because it was really after the fact, kind of like I just said that I started realizing like, Oh, oh my God, that's what was happening. (laughs) Okay. And then you start getting angry. It's like this weird um, level of emotions that you go through because obviously I was sad at one point. Like, well, I thought that I loved him. I thought that we were going to get married. And and so there's this sadness and then there's this anger that comes along once you realize what that person was actually doing, that it wasn't what you thought it was and that you've been betrayed and you've been made a fool out of and all of this stuff. And and so uh, it it's just, it was this weird kind of trying to sort through all of sure. those feelings. Yeah. If that makes sense. It and, absolutely and, does. And putting them into uh, stories, which turned into songs and to music and singing. And and uh, so I got a lot of that out immediately. Mm. And then I very quickly realized that I wanted to laugh. And that laughter was the best medicine. And and I didn't want to be somebody that sat here and sang all of these like poor me songs because that doesn't do anybody any good. (laughs) And, uh, and so very quickly I started writing things that would make people laugh. Like one of my like first funny songs was called big in jail. And it was about this girl that, um, she she became the famous singer in her jail cell and people like all the other inmates would come visit her jail cell and and get try and get her autograph and it, it was just like super weird like yeah. I was a weird kid making up these weird stories but I just wanted to make people laugh and have a good time because I noticed like everybody at a certain point in their life has gone through something similar whether the situation is similar or not. It doesn't matter. It's those feelings that I had, somebody else had. 
and I don't need to like complain all the time about like, oh, this happened to me because I just hate that. I, I can't stand it when people are wallowing in self-pity. And that's what I did for a little bit right after I, I got out of that, um, just figuring out all that stuff. And thank God that I figured it out pretty <laughs> kind of quickly that that's not where I wanted to sit at. And um, so it just kind of opened this world of being able to create these characters that I had been creating in my stories all along, but turning them into these songs. And, and I found Dave, my producer, and we started writing all these characters together. And so it really just turned into a beautiful way for me to help people laugh and have fun and remember how joyful life can be. Yeah. And that's honestly the, the majority of what you'll find in my music is a lot of funny tongue-in-cheek type of stuff but also there's poignant moments and it's not all just like jazz hands type of thing but (laughs) and I'm just rambling now going off on a tangent no no, no, not at all I was I'm obviously I'm thinking that that's I mean I I would imagine that's where some of the Dolly Parton comparisons take place because (laughs) she's so funny and so clever and really used music and uses music yeah uh, to sort of wink and you know snap you with a little slingshot from Mm -hmm. time to time and in what's a very refreshing way for many people and that's not the worst person to be compared to uh obviously not too bad uh one of the all-time legends um but yeah I think um I mean, I loved everything you said. I think it's it's hard because when we do go through these things, sometimes it's great to have, kind of like we were talking about with mm-hmm. these stories, it's nice to have the record of someone having written about right. this the self-pity moments because we all have, have to go, to through, go through, that through that process. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then also being able to recognize like there was a point at which that wasn't doing mm-hmm. me, it wasn't helping me. It just wasn't, you didn't want to be in that yeah, I ha- I hesitate to word use the word victim because I I I know how kind of charged all of that is right um, in the current climate, and I I have nothing but respect for people who are survivors. I myself am one. You are one, um, but you know it's a delicate balance, mm-hmm. right? Finding where your strengths are, acknowledging when you were victimized, how long you live in that place versus yeah. where you go from there. You know, yeah. all of that stuff is very personal right. and it's, and it can be really confusing, but, um, yeah, it's a fine line that, that you have to walk and figure out because everybody needs their time to just wallow and, and feel sorry for themselves. Cause you just have to, and, and figuring it out is, is part of that process. Uh, but something that was just so important to me that, uh, when I became aware of if I sit in this, then that's all I'm ever going to sit in. Because I'm such a believer in that what you think about is what you attract. And instead, let me shift my mindset to, you know what? I learned so much from this. Yeah, It was terrible, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because it has put me right where I am right now. And it's given me such a huge understanding of how the world works and what I want and what I don't want. And it's, you know, led me to a path to where I've, found the man of my dreams who would never ever ever even come close to that you know and and so it's it was just really important to me to try and find a way to educate my listeners if that makes sense and and not on like a soapbox type of way because because I don't know better than anybody else but just from what I've learned to help enlighten people on listen we all go through this stuff but at the end of the day 
we need to find joy in whatever we possibly can because if you're not then what are you doing yeah, you know absolutely was there stuff that helped you through that time like were that was there music you were listening to or movies you were watching or like a tv show that was sort of your escape in addition to you know, I mean, I know when you were in the relationship, you weren't really doing a lot of writing mm-hmm. and stuff, but was there other stuff you were sort of medicating with in, in from our culture, if you will? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of my favorite records of all time was Brandy Clark's 12 Stories record. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or not, but it's amazing uh, that Dave actually produced and I didn't, I loved it before I even knew Dave. And, uh, and so I would listen to Brandy Clark and Leanne Womack and Sunny Sweeney, there's all these amazing, strong, powerful female voices in country music that were just telling these beautiful stories. And, but also being able to touch on these hard subjects and then having their moments of funny storytelling. I'm going to make you laugh and remember that it's not all this like dark, sad stuff. And, and so I really was taking a lot of cues from women like that. And, um, and once I started listening to that, it really inspired me to start writing that way and being like, you know what, I think, I think maybe that is what my calling is. Maybe that's why I've gone through these, these dark periods so early on so that I can start writing immediately (laughs) as soon as I had that light bulb moment when I got my guitar, um, that I can immediately start writing songs like that if that makes yeah any sense at all. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's, uh, I mean, again, that's with with so much turmoil and so much chaos and having to navigate all of that to then feel like you have a lifeline that is a healthy lifeline that actually mm-hmm. feels like it there's a purpose to it and you can kind of see it stretching out in front yeah. of you. Not to say that it's a straight line. It can have all kinds of curves and, right. you know, ups and downs and all that kind of good stuff. But I'm sure having a sense of purpose mm-hmm. and and a, and something that you were excited about. Yeah, um, and country music too has always blessing. been a heartbreak, you know, that they're they're heartbroken these country s- songs and and some of the greatest country songs are just this terrible heartbreak stories and and going through these hard times and so it really is the perfect place that I ended up in to have this genre surrounding me um with the perfect elements uh, that I've gone through in my life to make it yeah. this this happy, sad, but at the end of the day, it's always going to be joyful. Yeah. Some of the, some of the like, and I can't, oh my God, I knew I was going to do this. I cannot believe I'm blanking on her name. It's like one of the most, not Tammy Wynette. Who's a coal miner's daughter? Loretta Lynn. Loretta Lynn. <laughs> Damn it. Who is the coal miner's daughter? The most catchy <laughs> Easy to remember of all oh, the, yeah? like, to, but I mean, when, like, hearing some of her music now, it mm-hmm. feels so modern. Right. It is shocking, mm-hmm. some of the stuff that she wrote back oh, in the yeah. day. I hear it now. Like, sometimes I'll just hear it incidentally, like, at a vintage shop, you know what I mean? Right. And I'll be, and I'll be like, oh, this is so good. Whoa, this is edgy as hell. Yeah. What is happening? And then I'm like, oh, this is Loretta Lynn. She had some this balls. It's bonkers. <laughs> it's does. so impressive. Mm-hmm. That's some true grit right yeah. there. Oh. oh, yeah. Country country music women have always been so hardcore to me. And yeah. so just inspiring what they talk about. Because it is. It's that real life stuff. And, and it's like, we don't play around. No you kidding. Know? <laughs> We're gonna, listen, if I'm going to bother getting into this <laughs> recording studio, I'm going to straight shoot. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you like it is. You may not like it. Yes. Sometimes you may. Sometimes you may laugh. Sometimes you may go, 
I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Thanks so much to the over 28,000 members who joined or upgraded during the 2019 Max Fund Drive and to all of our monthly members. To celebrate hitting our goal this year, we're putting the 2019 Max Fund Drive pins on sale for all $10 and up monthly members. As in past years, you'll be able to get some pins and support a great cause at the same time. The proceeds from this year's sale will support the National Court Appointed Special Advocates Association. National CASA does amazing work for children and youth through a national network of 950 member programs. We are proud to be able to support them. The pin sale will run from April 29th until May 10th. And if you're a $10 and up monthly member, your personalized code is waiting in your inbox right now. For more details, you can head over to MaximumFun.org slash pins. And once again, thank you. All right, I want to use that to get into this MASH game. Uh, I hope to guide you through it peacefully and without okay. too much uh, strife. All but right. the first category I want to give you is three uh, country singers, women. Okay. Let's say women. Uh, living or dead, whether it's likely or unlikely uh, in this reality, in our alternate mm-hmm. reality, three women that you would love to collaborate with. Dolly Parton. Great. Oh, show. <laughs> Wonderful. Leanne Womack. Great. Oh, oh my gosh, it's hard to only pick three. Well, I'll tell you what. Sometimes when I really like someone, I'll cheat and give them a category that's like fairly similar to the category <laughs> I've done before. If you want to work in a few, like if I told no, you that I you're next, cheat. Oh, okay. okay, all right. All right. I'll, I'll make a decision. Um, I'll say Sunny Sweeney. So here's what I was going to say. It's not exactly the same category, but it is, uh, it's not that you're collaborating with them artistically. It's just a buddy, somebody that, and it could be male, female, Mm -hmm. but someone, uh, that again, living or dead, um, that it would be awesome if you just had a bat phone too, almost like this is the person. Great, 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 great. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh, man. I want to say Dolly for, like, every single one. I'll allow it. Okay, Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> because if we don't get her for this one, then we'll Maybe be I'll glad that we took one. care of her and checked off that box. Who else? Let's see. Oh, my gosh. This is a hard game. I know. I don't mean this. Is, this is, like, the favorites. World. The yeah, favorites. I know, but it's, it's like, not oh. really your favorites because... It's in the moment. This is just spontaneous improvisation. In an hour, you could have a different answer, and okay. and and everyone knows that. Because hmm. I didn't front load you with any. I didn't give you any time. How about Burt Reynolds? It's all great. Great. Okay. See, this is perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, okay, great. Uh, next category. Let's do three. Let's do three movies that you can jump into and just hang out in. You're not reliving the plot. You're not a character. It's just like a way to kind of just be in that world. Ooh. Just escape into that world. Captain Fantastic. Okay. Have you ever seen that? I don't think so. Oh my gosh, you have to. It's one of my favorite movies. Wonderful. He lives in the woods with his children. I'm like, I just want to live in the woods. Yeah. (laughs) I know, right? What about the Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Can I live in Oz? Yeah. Great, great, great. 
And let's see. I want to go to the Wild West. What's a good Wild West mm, movie? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm, how about the best little whorehouse in Texas? Oh my God, I was just thinking that because you had Dolly and <laughs> I That Again, that's another thing where you're like, oh, no, they didn't. Yes, and they, they did. did. And it is so good. <laughs> it is amazing. That oh, movie, my gosh. Oh. Charles Durning and his whole, like, this is how to be a politician song that's like, just, you know, just yes. wriggle out of everything. Just be a little slimy. It's oh so amazing. It's so yes. funny. And God, I actually, I have a song coming out later in the summer from the album and it's called Tulips. And Dave and I, we did this arrangement on it that sounds kind of like um, a little old bitty pissant country place. The one that all the girls and Dolly sing in the yeah. whorehouse. Oh my gosh. Oh, we I have a can can section. Oh, and, uh, that's awesome. It's amazing. So it's, it's very Miss Mona. Homage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. I'm gonna have to listen to that soundtrack today. Post haste. <laughs> okay. Next category. And I uh, feel you will enjoy this because you and I share some dietary restrictions for the exact same medical oh, reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is in this reality, perhaps these are things that are not ecologically conscious, mm-hmm. not something you can digest. Maybe mm-hmm. they just make you feel overweight and bloated in a way that you personally whatever that means to you yes uh but in this alternate reality none of those rules apply throw them all out the window three things that you can have in perpetuity snap of your fingers no ramifications uh my grandmother's boston cream pie oh yeah (laughs) oh it was so good Mm. great I God, it's been a long time since I had a Boston cream pie. That is, it's so basically good. all the ingredients. Yeah, gluten you dairy. Have. My mom, my mom makes a really good gluten-free version. Nice, but it still has dairy in it, so it's still cheating for yeah. me because I try not to do dairy. But yeah. it's it's still good. But oh my gosh, um, all of these recipes. I'm thinking of like all of my grandma's That's recipes. Wonderful. That's what the game's for. Absolutely. It's called hamburger casserole. Amazing. It's it's egg noodles, which I don't eat eggs either. So there you go. Yeah. Boom cream cheese cottage cheese ground beef <laughs> tomato sauce it's terrible it's yes. so terrible for you but it's so good oh, perfect <laughs> i would have that perfect. and honestly just like a straight up crispy cream donut yeah come on mm-hmm. let's just get down to business crispy cream the first thing that i've had that was similar to like a legitimate donut i told you i went to hugo's tacos here the other yesterday yeah fried on the outside and soft on the inside i was uh, like i i told dave who's here with me i was like we have to go back there before we leave yeah because i have a bakery i really want you to go to also so i'm gonna i'm gonna write that down to myself right now (laughs) okay uh okay wonderful next category let's do three let's do three this is again boy i'm really putting you on the spot okay all right let's do three story ideas that we suddenly have because of you okay best little whorehouse musical style oh my god we have like three different three different tales that you're telling it can be something ripped from the headlines or it can be from your stories i wouldn't mind watching a musical about these uh people on their tractors i'm just saying (laughs) i'd be very happy to see that come to life Oh my gosh. I've actually thought, I'm like, I need to go back and read those stories yeah. and see it. Cause I'm, there's see, gotta be, be from there's it. gotta be song ideas in yeah, there absolutely. too. Oh my gosh. Well now I'm thinking about food. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what if we had, okay. So we have the best little whorehouse girls. Do we have like the, well, I mean like it could be 
It's it could just be anything that like it, 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 it just a music like a funny musical that's about something. It doesn't even have to be. I was just thinking of that as like so, using that as the jumping off point of like oh we love that musical that two of these characters there's a girl and a boy and they're cooking in the kitchen and there's a character in my album called Adeline and she owns a gluten free bake shop amazing in Jennyville which Jennyville is this uh-huh. town that that, <laughs> that happens that to exist in this in this it. album and uh it's called there goes the neighborhood is what the album's called <laughs> so the neighborhood is jennyville uh. but anyways adeline is gluten-free obviously she's cooking in the kitchen with her bow her new bow they get into a food fight and all of a sudden her face just drops because she realizes that he's throwing wheat flour oh, at her no 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 my God, a cloud right, came over the sun right Whoa. when you said that, and it got so dark. Oh my in gosh, here. it did. Oh, okay. That's All a right. Sign. So should, let's. So should, we could do our musical. Okay, could gluten we call gone food wrong. Fight or gluten gone wrong. Gluten gone Great. wrong. Great. Okay, that's the first one. What else? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I I have all these crazy ideas because I'm starting to write newspaper articles for Jennyville just because oh, I love I'm, that you're world building. I'm just a weirdo. So you're there's, moving, there's you're going to have your own place right next to Dolly Parton's amusement park. It's just ready to go. There's a, a coupon clipper in Jennyville too. Her dream job is to be on an episode of Extreme Couponers. Have you ever seen that? And so <laughs> wonderful. There's Oh. I want this like sheriff to be coming around and because the circulars that everybody's been getting delivered to their houses are missing their mm-hmm. coupons. Mm-hmm. And so we have an imposter on our hands. Or not an oh imposter. We have a, what is that called? Bandit. Bandit. Coupon bandit. Yes. Coupon bandit. Boom. Right. Listen, coupon bandit is absolutely a musical. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. <laughs> uh, final one. I should never have worried about this. You, we have more than oh we Oh my need. gosh. <laughs> You're like, this girl is full of I love stuff. it. I For love sure. it. Oh, gosh. Okay, I just saw a rocket over there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm very interested in the moon landing. Yes. Yes. Oh, All right. So we, okay. said, so we said a musical on the moon. Musical on the moon. What should we be doing on the moon? What do we... Is it yeah, so? Is it like it's like we've colonized the moon, or like maybe the moon becomes a pit stop for something what else? What if it's or the first moon's... wedding on the moon? First wedding on the moon. Oh, I love it. I love love. <laughs> moon wedding. Moon, moon wedding. Wedding. That also feels very doable to me. What very a weirdo. Doable. Oh my All gosh. All right, listen, he's in the other room. All due respect. <laughs> all due respect. The MASH game does involve some romantic interludes. <laughs> this is an alternate universe. So there's no pressure okay. on his part. Uh, three, and they could be characters from movies. They could be from books. They could be cartoons. All right. It's wide open. All uh, right. Some fun love sexy times. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh boy. Um, well, you said cartoons, and this is super weird. That okay, uh, Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. Great. Listen, has always been one of my had, favorites. We recently had Robin Hood the Fox from Robin Hood. Wow. And okay. apparently that's a whole thing, okay. which I kind of get. The Fox. So Prince Eric, you're I, in. You're in great shape. You're among friends. You, you. You're among friends. Um, this is a very stereotypical one, but Noah from the notebook. Oh yeah. Well, great. Mm-hmm. Listen, there's a reason that he's beloved. Yes. Oh gosh. Let's see. We, you know what? Let's go with Bert again. Yeah. Why not go Why with not? Bert? What a peach. What a peach. What a peach. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. If my dad was, 
or not if, if, if Bert was still alive, maybe my dad could have hooked that up. Who knows? <laughs> I'd have really, I'm into the older you men. You gotta tell him to grow that mustache back. You gotta <laughs> tell him to put something on that. Put oh some, put some hair on that naked lip. Oh man. Okay. Uh, next category, let's do three places in the world, whether you've been there or not. This is sort of your idealized version of them anyway, because getting there is no problem. Okay. Three places in the world, you'd have a vacation home where it's just like, just chill. Whatever Ooh. that means to you. It could be hiking. It could be shopping. It could be lying mm-hmm. on a beach. The pyramids in Egypt. Wonderful. I, sw- I would like to uh, live there. Great. <laughs> Can I live there? This is a good game for that because it doesn't feel like that's likely. I, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think that's going to be a thing. Uh, <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is not like extravagant at all, but I would like to have a house in Maine on Great. a lake. No, that's not I went to, I went to band camp in Maine. I was going to ask you, I forgot to, uh, we're so like short on time. I was going to ask you about camp because a couple of the pictures you sent along oh felt boy. so camp like to me. Cause you were like on the top bunk of like an all wood oh, cabin. Oh my gosh. And I thought if she is not having a blast at some camp it was somewhere, the best I don't time know what. Of my life. Amazing. The best time. Oh. Like I, me and my friends, we would at camp, we would be like, don't you guys wish that this was school and that school was like summer camp? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> That's an important... Because we would go to class. You would go to like your music classes and your music lessons. and Yeah. It's not... Yeah. There's a there's still yeah. a structure to it. There's yeah. an educational it component like school, to it. It was like but it was like music school yeah. in, in the woods uh, on a lake. Yeah. That's giving you a real early snapshot into like, wait, what if I could have this feeling about getting tasks done yes. and learning something mm-hmm. and always wanting to keep learning it? Yes. Yeah. That's a, it was, you were getting the message then. Okay. Pyramids. Great. Maine. Great. Nothing, nothing dumb about that. That's fantastic. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. Third place. <laughs> hmm. Let's do a house on Lake Como. Great. My sister got oh, married in Lake Como. Oh boy. <laughs> Speaking she, of the she extravagant. She is just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause, <sighs> oh my gosh. And you probably saw some of the pictures of my sister and I. Yeah. Sent over. Although at the time, I don't know if I knew. It was so yeah, my sister is like this gorgeous supermodel, like from age like mm, twelve maybe, like perfect looking, and I was like the chubbiest, non-attractive looking child. I mean, you say that, but that it's, there ever it's was. not like I was agog when I looked at the picture. Like, oh, I can't look. I can't look. Uh, well, there's what there's one of me in my it's the Nashville Children's Choir that I was singing in. And we had to wear these like god awful red vests and long flowing black skirts. I don't know who skirts. picks these outfits. I don't know. They're terrible. Someone's like, what's a thing all people will look bad in? Right? <laughs> it's Perfect. The equalizer. That's Maybe it. that's it. Maybe it's the equalizer so no one can look super great. Yeah. So there's a picture of me wearing that with my hair pulled back in a bun. And I look like Miss Trunchbull <laughs> from Matilda. <laughs> honestly and then my sister is standing next to me in like a mini skirt and (laughs) her like flowing hair (laughs) so like a foot taller than me (laughs) and skinny and I'm like this little butterball just like hey guys Uh, well I'm glad that you guys have a great relationship because weird things get in the way of that sometimes with siblings Mm -hmm. and and no one can help it but you know, yeah. it's also oh, we didn't like, like each other for a while, but we, yeah. we've definitely you moved on. <laughs> moved on. From that. You moved. Well, let's see what happens after this baby shower. Yeah. Listen, oh my gosh, I, I might. It could be. Great I might be disowned from the family. Yeah. I might be. not even get to meet the baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Final category. Let's do three skills 
that you wake up with tomorrow and sort of matrix style, like you've just downloaded them. Now, it can be something very simple, like, mm. you know, speaking a different language. It could be, or it could even be, it could be superpowers, but um, whatever range you're looking, what you want, whatever you want. I, okay, I like that speaking a different language, like being able to understand everybody around you, what they're saying. Yeah. I'm into that. All la- we'll do an all lingual. All lingual. I don't know that that's a thing, but all <laughs> lingual. I'm an all lingual mind <laughs> yeah all lingual um, great i would love to teleport oh yeah mm-hmm. especially now that i'm getting a taste of this la life oh, lifestyle know. happening the here. anti-teleportation <laughs> city yeah and hmm can i have like instant food that's healthy all the time like snap my fingers yeah. and the food just appears yes yeah We've been talking about food so much. I'm like, hmm. I know. I know. I I try to feed you. Um, (laughs) I may still. Uh, And then you, okay, listen, we're not going to get into that. But uh, okay. So this is just that part where I do a little kind of a squiggle. So just within the next few seconds uh, or less, just uh, tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, great. Pause (laughs) this, do some very rudimentary uh, doodling. And when I come back, I will give you your 100% guaranteed fictitious mash future. Perfect. Listen, this is all great news. I think you're going to feel very good about it. Although, oh no. Oh no. You didn't get Dolly. <gasps> oh, you know what? You did. Okay. What all right. <laughs> you did because you can go into Best Little Whorehouse in Texas yes. whenever you want. <laughs> yes. You still beat the system. Yeah, she's Perfect. there. She's there. So you can hang out with Dolly Parton whenever oh you want. Gosh. So not only did you get Dolly Parton, but you also got your mentor and friend, Garth Brooks. Oh, and casual. you get to to sing and collaborate with uh, Sunny Sweeney. Perfect. So that's um. Whew, listen, I really We're scared you good for day. no reason. We are having a I good day. I scared you for no good reason. You're all fine in Dollyland, <laughs> Dollywood, I guess I should say. Uh, okay. You also, by the way, have a beautiful house in Lake Como. Oh, so look at me. You got the best Check of the bunch me on out. that one. Uh, you have, listen, it's a little, Lake Como is a little out of the way. Uh, <laughs> could be said that you don't necessarily have access to all the food you might want all the time. Oh, I like where this is Not going. Not you. Mm-hmm. Insta meal. What do you oh. want? What's in your brain? Materialize it. Materialize it. No problem. Perfect. Wherever you are on tour. Oh my gosh. Listen, no, no Denny's for you. You're going to be just fine. Uh, so that's fantastic. Uh, in addition, you can also have, and this includes all the things that are bad. Your grandmother's yes. hamburger casserole. Oh my gosh. With zero ding, negative ding, ramifications. Ding. Come on all down. of it's there for you. You, uh, I loved your musical moon wedding. It was fantastic. It was funnier than I expected. Thank I didn't you necessarily know it was going to have so much humor in it. So I really appreciated that. And uh, listen, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're sharing all of this with the one and only Burt Reynolds. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my dad would be so proud. <laughs> you guys That's probably amazing. met during Best Little Whorehouse in Texas during one of your many visits. Yes. <laughs> and one thing led to another. Uh, Sorry, Dolly. Oh, listen, this is, this is very good. So that did That's not, amazing. that really worked out. I think that really worked out. Didn't disappoint. Um, I'm so excited for you for Lebowski Fest tonight. Thank I, you. I, I will give you my email. I would love to hear how it all went and um, and congratulations on everything. This has Thank been you. so fun. Oh my gosh, you've been uh, amazing. Thank you for I having me. New, our new friendship. Yes. Um, with so much in common. Uh, okay, and so where can people find you and listen to and all that good stuff? Yeah, so if you go to JennyTolman.com and on Spotify, Instagram, 
iTunes, Amazon, Facebook, whatever I'm you sure want. I'm sure we'll put a link to you, in, you just, in the show notes too. You just yeah. Type in Jenny Tolman. Yeah, I will pop up on Wonderful. whatever platform you choose. <laughs> Wonderful. I would like also to play uh the welcome mat song yes if I absolutely could, as kind of outro. Which, i'm just gonna i'm gonna do like a, a shameless night. self-promotion Please. here dolly speaking of dolly dolly put my welcome mat on her oh. what would dolly do playlist on apple music oh. that she actually curates Listen. so i haven't met her but just the fact knowing that she heard That's my song and liked it huge please i screamed huge yeah Yeah. oh this is great okay i can't wait to so you all listen to that enjoy that please uh support and love jenny in all the places and uh, i will talk to you next time on the podcast the show is recorded by me and edited by julian burrell and as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi that love their dope Guess we're all just trying to find a higher place I got friends that fit the mold And friends that dance on poles In my living room ain't no one out of place My welcome mate Don't care if you're white or black Don't care if you're thin or fat With what God gave them I can all hang out in my house Any day I got friends that love their babies And some still single in their 80s Yeah, we're all a little crazy But that's okay My welcome mat Don't care if you're white or black Don't care if you got two dads judge all that. My heart is an open door. Don't care if you're rich or poor. Ain't the world just a big front porch? Anyway, we all laugh at different jokes and paint with different strokes, but we all look the same from 10,000 feet above. We all
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.